Now, the genesis of Cerulean is one of hard work and opportunity. It was established in 1999 following a management buyout from Logica. It listed on AIM in March 2016, and in June 2023, it was nominated for four small cap awards, and the chief executive, Louis Hall, was awarded executive director of the year. So, Louis Hall, you are the chief executive. The award is for an individual who delivers strong growth trends over time. Before we delve into that, what is it that Cerulean does or delivers? Good question. And it, sometimes that can be a little hard to explain. Um, but essentially, we're, we're in the B2B space. So we provide enterprise software to telecoms businesses of all different kinds uh, all over the world. And essentially, this is a software that sits between telecoms companies, network infrastructure, and their customers. So it enables telecoms businesses to uh, define the products they're going to sell to their customers. So increasingly in developed markets, Telecoms companies are offering what we call quad play. So that's a mixture of fixed wire, mobile, broadband, and then TV packages. So if you think in the UK, for example, of Virgin Media and BT, those kind of deals. Um, and th those are really complicated things to, to, to define and, and to create. Um, and the way that, that, that telecoms businesses bundle those services uh, is, is how to differentiate uh, between each other in, in, in what are very competitive markets in most countries. Um, once the we telcos have defined the products they're going to sell. We provide a software that enables them to onboard their customers through uh, CRM channels, call centers, through customer self-service, so customers going online and serving themselves through mobile apps, uh, dealer portals, and so on. And then once customers have been onboarded, we provide the software that turns those services on on the network. So that's all um, automatic um, connections to telecoms infrastructure, uh, whether it's mobile, fixed, TV, whatever. Um, and then once those customers are connected, we monitor their usage. So we, we regulate their usage, we manage balances, top-ups, charging for overage. Um, and then we have a, a, a set of modules that then handle billing, uh, accounts receivable, collections, payments, and so on. And a lot of other ancillary stuff that sits around the edges of that domain. And that's a very, it's a very clearly marked out space in, in, the, in the telecoms world. Um, and and uh, you know, we're, we're, we're one of the main players in that area. It's, it's absolutely a critical software. Telcos can't be in business without that software. And um, one of the great advantages of telecoms is that it's a global, truly global industry and the standards that are used in the UK are the same that are used in US or Australia or, or uh, South America, Asia and so on. So it, we're in a very um, uh, uh, good place in, in terms of the market domain. So it sounds as though you solve a lot of problems for your customers. I'm sure that they absolutely love you. And you said that they can't do without you. So do you have all the big telecommunications players as part of your, not your portfolio, but your customer base? We, we certainly have a lot of the big ones. Um, we, 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 we tend to, it's a little bit of a um, little bit of detail, but I, I guess we, what we're offering to the market in terms of differentiation is a, a, a software as a service solution. And that's a, a very strong trend in software in general, has been for the last five years or so. But it's been very slow to hit the telecoms enterprise software space. So traditionally, telecoms businesses will have very heavily tailored solutions built for them, which generally start from some kind of product framework provided by a vendor, uh, but then have a lot of tailoring around the edges. 
and that means projects that you know the, the, these are implementations that can cost hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and you know everyone's different they take three to five years to complete often they don't succeed because they're just too complicated so we're saying you don't need this approach because telcos can use standard software for this and it all works out the box first time um but, but it tends to have been the more kind of mid-sized telcos who have gone with this approach in the, in, in, to start with, and it's gradually creeping up into the larger telcos. So with the larger telcos, um, I think there's a lot more traction for us going forward uh, than there's been in the past. Um, and it's just, so to, to give you a bit more detail, we, we typically, with the larger telcos, we work within within niches. So so we work with either a a, um, a, a, a one a single one of their brands, rather than all the brands in the group. Um, or we work, we, we provide a, a subset of our modules. So we don't provide a whole suite. We maybe provide one or two modules of that suite to, to hit a specialist niche. Um, whereas with the mid-sized telcos, um, you know, we, we tend to provide absolutely all of our software across all of that telcos brands. And the customers that you have at the moment, are they loyal to you? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very secure relationships. So it will take so so we we are you know, pretty much the fastest time to market of, of, of all of the vendor groups, and you know we we it will still take um, twelve eighteen months to implement our solution, but the market norm is more like three years or, or even longer in some cases, so that's a very long process and it's a long selection process. Um, it, it's a lot of detail, a lot of complicated interfaces with with telecoms network infrastructure and so on. So, so it's a big job, and and um, you know, what one, once you have a customer, it is quite hard to lose them. Uh, so, as long as we keep you know, doing the right things, and and uh, and also we keep evolving our solutions. So, we invest thousands of man days of effort a year in R and D to keep bringing our customers up the latest the latest uh, features that they need to compete in their markets and, and to adapt to new technology like five G, for example. And you know, that 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 is um, a key part as well. So that we because we're also because we're taking this the, the software as a service approach, and we're encouraging customers to go onto our evergreen program. It means that they're automatically going to be updated twice a year anyway. So in, this is in a market where often telcos will run the same software for five or even ten years sometimes, and then they do a big upgrade every every five or ten years. So it's a very different kind of approach. So I was just wondering how flexible and adaptable and fluid you are, particularly with what's going on in the macroeconomic world. We've got high inflation here in the UK, yeah. interest yeah. rates on the rise. So is your company, is the sector immune to those economic headwinds? That's a good question. I, mean, I, I think the UK is, 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 is suffering more than a lot of the world, um, certainly more than the US and so on. But, but anyway... But in general, you know, we are in an inflationary environment, and I think that that you know, telco has always had very long investment cycles. So if you think about investment in five G, we've been talking about five G for five years or more, uh, only really now just getting into the real meat of the investment cycle, and that will carry on for another probably for another five years at least. Um, and if you then think about things like um, digital digital customer experience, uh, um, another big theme in, in telco. Again, that's a very long investment cycle, and I think so. So, so that those cycles have always been long and relatively insulated from from the macro environment. Uh, but also, telcos are really a bit like utilities. You know, they're, they're they're providing services that their customers aren't going to do without, or at least they'll be one of the last things they'll do without. So, the ability to to watch TV, to 
to have internet access in, in developed markets, you know, to make mobile phone calls. That's that's one of the last things consumers will give up and one of the last things businesses will give up because they can't be there without those services. So I think, I think telcos themselves have a lot of pricing power. And we've seen, you know, we've seen telcos increase their pricing quite significantly in most, most developed markets, which is where, where we're mainly based. Um, so, so I think we're relatively, you know, telco is relatively, relatively, I wouldn't say immune, but, you know, um, the, the, the impacts somewhat soften. So you've told me that your customer base is, is sticky. There's not much churn, if at all. I'm just looking at your shareholder register, and it looks as though your shareholder register is pretty sticky as well. Once there, yeah. do your shareholders tend to be of the long hold variety? Yes, I think so. I mean, mo most of our investors are investing uh, for, for a, a, a long-term return as a growth stock. Um, so, so, and I think they you know, they tend to take the long view. Uh, I think with some of the quite steep rise in, in in growth in share price we've seen in the last few years, especially the last couple of years, we have seen some profit taking, and I think that's inevitable. And 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 um, you know, it's just the way the market works. But in general, our, our shareholder base is is pretty long term. Yeah. So you own. 30.45%. So obviously a lot of not just self-belief in the business, but what about those who surround you? How would you describe the board, the character of the board? I, I think the, the, the board is, is, is fairly high level, um, more of an oversight body. So the, the sort of day-to-day -day running of the business happens in the executive management team. And those are mostly people who have been involved in this for, for a long time um, and uh, you know are used to all of the uh, the twists and turns of, of, of this business it, it, it's not an easy business uh, you know we're delivering complicated software projects to demanding customers you know in Europe Asia Americas uh, all over the place and, and that that does come with challenges we're operating operating out of UK India Bulgaria mainly but we have presence in Australia, US, Singapore, and so on. So for a small company of, of, of 350 or so people, that's quite a lot of things to, to juggle and manage. So I, I do rely on having a, a, a team that's been very experienced and been doing this for a, a quite a long time. Um, but as we grow, you know, we expect to evolve that team and, and bring in new faces and different kinds of experience as well. So therefore, how do you intend to grow? There's been a lot of M&A activity or at least attempts of M&A in the telecom sector. Is that how yeah. you intend to grow? Yeah, we're constantly looking at M&A opportunities. And um, I think we're, we're quite conservative in that we're not looking to do you know, to buy another company doing the same thing or a bigger company doing the same thing or, or whatever, or, or just to add bodies or, or, or sort of, you know, they, those sorts of things. What we're looking to do is to find businesses that have software products that fits around the edges of our portfolio, uh, rather than overlapping pieces of our portfolio, and that such that we can we can sell that new product into our existing customer base, and also uh, sell our existing products into the new customer base that will come with that new product. Um, so quite sort of conservative tuck-in, bolt-in type transactions. I have to say. Uh, because you know, we're fortunate to have uh, high margins and, and about to grow those margins to you know into the 40 to 45 percent range at EBITDA level, um, it is hard to find businesses in tech that are in, in telco that are trading at that level. So a little bit it, it, it does make it harder for us to find 
things are the right fit. Obviously, we're, we're conscious of if we if we if we do deals that are of any significance that have significant, you know, with, with businesses with much lower margins, then we're going to dilute our own margin and so on. So, you know, there's a constant trade-off going on, I guess. Okay, so M and A aside, what were you most proud of in your most recent results? I, I think I think the um, the 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 orders uh, progress and the fact that we we built um, a lot of business with the growing customer base. And one of the things that we we work very hard at is bringing on board more of these larger customers uh, and doing some larger all inclusive deals. And you know they, we we've gone from a business that ten years ago was selling perpetual software licenses and twenty percent maintenance support to a software service business that's selling um, you know quite large five year typically five year uh, software as a service deals that encompass you know, license support, hosting the solution, managing the solution, uh, and 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 that's a much bigger, you know, stickier, long term, recurring revenue scenario than what we're doing in the past. So I think you know, that that's what I'm the, 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 that that growth in recurring revenue from existing customer base is the thing that I think has been most important for us in the last in the last period. So Louis, let's end where I started that award you won it um, for being the individual and I know that you've said it's you know it's a team effort for being the individual who delivers strong growth trends over time how do you intend and the board intend to deliver those strong growth trends I think we have to keep doing a lot of the same things so, so we have to keep working at uh, climbing up the the, the the value chain ladder and continuing to win deals with bigger bigger customers uh, bigger deals and you know we, we have to to focus very hard also on building our team uh, particularly building out our new center in Bulgaria which we opened about 18 months ago uh, we, we need to grow that uh, uh, quite significantly I think um and um keep delivering you know the I always say that you're only as good as your last your last customer implementation uh, we have to keep making a success of our deliveries and uh, you know, our customers at the end of the day are our best salespeople. So you know, we've got to keep those customers happy. Louis Hall, Executive Director of the Year and Chief Executive of Cerulean. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by Master Investor. For more investment and economics analysis, please visit masterinvestor.co.uk.